You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. We're in a Christmas movie series, and I talked about this last week, but I want to explain why Christmas movies. You might be sitting there going, I don't come to church for Christmas movies, I come to church for deep theological teaching. I want to hear about the incarnation of Jesus born amongst us in the neighbourhood. And that's great and we appreciate that. And we do exegesis teaching. We spent most of the year in Luke. But there's something about Christmas movies that I think are really special. And I want to tell you what and why. The first reason, I think, our, our society hungers for something. I believe men and women, eternity is in all of our hearts. We hunger for something we don't understand, we don't know. And I reckon it's really funny that that hunger comes out in a lot of our media, particularly Christmas movies. It's almost we acknowledge the void that's in our life and we put all the answers into Christmas. So we say things like Christmas movies will tell us the answer is, and they're good things, the answer is family. The answer, like through movies like The Christmas Carol, it's through transformation, becoming a kinder, better person. We say, if only every day could be like Christmas. Or the big one we say, the answer to all your life's problems is Christmas magic. A lot of our movies show us that we're hungry for community, family, something holy as we sung. Now, I don't believe those, some of those things are great. They're not the answer. We know the answer. The answer was born at Christmas, or we at least celebrated at Christmas, and it was Jesus. So we get to take the gospel and we get to compare it to this longing that comes out in our Christmas movie. That's number one. Number two reason, it's super fun. And we've got usually friends and family traveling down this way and we've got friends that maybe are curious about church because Christmas is a great time to invite people. And so also it's fun and it's a great reason to invite someone to church because it's doing Christmas movies. So they're my two reasons that I love just doing Christmas movies in this Advent season. And this morning we're going to look at this guy. The Grinch. Anyone, well, actually, Grinch is three different movies and a Dr. Zeus book. That's where it's based on, a Dr. Zeus poem, The Grinch. But does anybody want to tell me before I explain a little bit further, who is The Grinch and any of The Grinch movies, what is normally the theme? Tightness? No, he's very stingy. Not generous? Great. I'm I'm coming to you because we watched it, well, we had to watch it for sermon prep. Um, but I'll come to you, Ariel. Anyone else? Life, life, love changes him in the end. Yeah, great. Changes his heart. His heart, they say, is three times too small. The poem goes. Come on, give me some, someone else. Come on, I'll go wake you up somehow. Yep, yep, the back. Very lonely. Very grumpy. Very lonely. Great. All right, come on. Give us here. Oh, oh, you're done. Okay. Oh, okay. Is there anything else you saw on The Grinch? No, no. We had a dance concert last night. Some of us are very, very tired. So, include. <laughs> anything else? Judy? Mary, whatever. That's, that's beautiful. <laughs> Mary, whatever. He's, he's cranky. He's angry. He's got, he, he hates Christmas. 
And um, he wants to actually, the story goes on, and we'll talk about it more, but he wants to steal Christmas. He's that angry. He hates the noise. He hates the singing. He hates, and most of all, he hates the food. He hates how they get together, and he hates the presents. And he just, he wants Christmas to end. He only comes to town, actually. He lives in the mountains. In all three of the films, he lives in the mountains, only comes down to the people of Whoville for groceries. It's the only time you'll see him out of his cave. And so, how did he get like this? You are definitely asking yourself. How did the Grinch get so cranky? Well, I want to show you a clip that shows how the Grinch's heart shrunk three times too small. Let's have a look now. The thump of their joy and delight. And it took him right back to his earliest years, to that lost, lonely boy who cried all of those tears. That lost, lonely boy, isolated and sad, with no home of his own, no mom, no dad. And as the Grinch looked around, he felt downright scared. As he remembered that Christmas where nobody cared, where nobody showed, not even a flea. And there were no cards, no gifts, and no tree. And as he watched other kids, one thing became clear. That this was the single worst day of the year. And now here it was, that day once again. And he felt all those feelings he felt way back when when he'd watch who's young and old all sit down to feast and they'd feast and they'd feast and they'd feast, 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 feast. They'd feast on who pudding and rare who roast beast, which is something the Grinch could not stand in the least. And then they'd do something he liked least of all. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, would stand close together with Christmas bells ringing. They'd stand hand in hand, and the who's would start singing. And they'll sing, 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 sing. Yes, he couldn't recall without feeling the sting. So the Grinch finally declared, I must stop this whole thing. Awesome. He must stop this whole thing. It festers inside of him, this unwelcome. The thump of their joy and delight. Just next slide. Unwelcome, thanks boys, unwelcome and excluded. You can see him looking into the window seeing the Whoville dinner. You know, it's a kid's movie, I get that. I understand that you may not relate to the animation or you may not relate to the fact it's a kid's movie. But this idea of feeling unwelcome and excluded, this idea of feeling on the outside looking in, I can confidently say I reckon all of us have had a moment of that and I reckon a heap of us here today at least carry elements of that. 
Maybe some more extreme than others. Maybe it's a word from a, a school teacher way back then. Maybe they said something. I have a mate of mine that has been defined by one thing. I won't say what it is. But a, a friend of mine is defined by one thing, a teacher, this one word or this one statement they said to him way back when he was a kid. It just circles in his mind and actually came to light only a few years ago. Unwelcome and excluded. Maybe for you, it's a Christmas time is a reminder of the things you're excluded from, not included in, not part of. And sometimes it's not even people, sometimes it's not even broken people, it's just life. Sometimes it's just life, it's not even a, sometimes it's ageing, we can't do what we can do. For me, uh, like, in, in, this isn't some deep wound, I don't think, but my right leg, you may know this, may not know this, um, but was born backwards. So my right, not leg, my foot, so it's called a club foot. Um, and it meant, that and a healthy diagnosis of asthma, <laughs> meant um, I was excluded from really pretty much any sport. So I could play, but I think the highest I came in any running race was second last. So that was a good day. So now I'm okay. I don't. I haven't based my identity around sportsmanship. I don't think I'd be much of a sportsman anyway. So it's all right. So didn't make it to the Olympics. Bit upset by that. But that could fester. I was excluded. Health. Sometimes things in our life exclude us from things. It's not necessarily evil or bad. It comes from a broken world. But we're excluded or unwelcome. I'll just give you a moment to let the Spirit sit on you with that and think through, is there something right now, like the Grinch, someone, something said, you know, churches can be phenomenal. These churches have got broken people, churches have excluded people. It's not, our, it's not our aim, but it happens. Is there something someone has said, something's done, maybe this Christmas, this season, maybe it's a job you didn't get, a promotion you didn't make, a house, a, a wage you don't earn. You're excluded from a certain demographic. I don't know. What are you carrying at the moment? What in your life do you feel unwelcome and excluded? Maybe unseen, right? Sometimes not even major. We just want to be seen. And we wonder if anyone knows us or notices. What's it for you? Unwelcome and excluded. Because it festers. It didn't a grinch. It grew to a hatred of things. This morning I want to compare this story of the Grinch to a verse in the Bible, a story in the Bible, and ask ourselves, what does Jesus say to that that maybe you're wrestling with today? Let's have a look. If you've got your Bibles there, it's going to come up on the screen. We're going to go into Luke 19.1, a story that I reckon if you've been around church long enough, you would have heard this. But it's, let's look at it afresh this morning. 19.1, let me read. Jesus entered Jericho. So Jesus is around teaching. He's going around um, healing, doing his work. And he was passing through a man there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Short guy runs over, climbs his tree to see because they're talking about Jesus. And so even this tax collector wants to go and run over and see what this Jesus is all about. Leans in. 
When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, you can imagine, he knows my name. (laughs) Come down immediately. I must stay at your house. So he came down at once, welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. Oh, we love muttering crowds, don't we? He's gone to the guest of a sinner. Can't believe he's gone to his house. Zacchaeus, tax collector, a familiar story. Let me tell you a bit about tax collectors. Tax collectors in those days would, this is how they'd make their money. If he was one of them, which we know he was, so he was one of their people, Jewish person that had essentially said, I'll work for the enemy, the empire, and collect, and we know at that time too much tax. They were robbing their people. They were living near the poverty line, most people, if not in it. And it was because the empire would tax them. So I'll go work for the enemy and I'll tax my own people that have been captured by the Roman Empire. And do you know how you make money being a tax collector? You make money because you tax even a little bit more and that's your wage. Here's the problem. This tax collector is wealthy. So he's been stealing from his own people. Do you think they would have liked that? (laughs) Do you think they liked Zacchaeus? I reckon they liked it. I was trying to think of a modern-day equivalent, but I couldn't. Um, But separate to that, put your hand up if you've ever worked or you currently work as a parking inspector in Burley. Cool. Just an interesting fact. I'm not going to use that example then. (laughs) So, no, I was trying to think of a modern, something that would make us really, really annoyed or cross. It's deeper than a parking inspector. It's the ticket every month. Tax collected, taking from your family home, your family heritage, stealing from them, betraying his own people. So I have a theory, right? I don't reckon he was just small. He was small, and I'm adding to it here, but I reckon as he approached the crowd, as if they're not, if I can pretend Michael for a second, nothing like Zacchaeus, generous, but for the... I reckon they do a bit of this. That's Jesus. I reckon it's not just he's short. They don't let him in. It's, he's, he, they, hate, they would hate this dude. Here comes Zacchaeus now. Do that thing. We won't let him in. He would totally be excluded. He would totally be... He'd have to live outside of town. Can't live in the centre. They'd hate this guy. He would pretty... And he'd have to also swallow something. He'd have to also be a pretty cranky, nasty man to be stealing from his own people. A lot like the Grinch. Horrible dude. By his own making, I'm sure. Can't get in, but he's heard something about Jesus, so he at least wants to see. And so the only way he can get through the crowd, the only way they let him in is from afar up a tree. Not unlike our friend, the Grinch. And what's Jesus do to the tax collector? What's Jesus' mode of operation? How does Jesus exist in the world? He sees him, says, Zacchaeus, you're seen. Not only that, I know your name and you are welcome and included. And I'm so much so I'm coming to your house. 
Didn't just even want to know the surface level. Wasn't going, hey, Zacchaeus, that might have been enough for him. Just a wave, acknowledgement, this guy knows him. But actually, I'm coming to your house. I want to be a part of it. I know who you are. I see you. You are welcome and included. And so I want you to know that this morning in your Christmas season, you are welcome and included when it comes to Jesus. He sees you. He sees that thing that was said. He sees that comment. He sees that ailment. He sees that feeling like you're watching from the outside. Whatever it is in your workplace, in your neighbourhood, in this church, whatever it is for you, he sees you. You are welcome and included in his home. In fact, he is and can be your home. People may and will still have opinions of you. People may still exclude you. People are always going to be broken. And some of that will be your own doing. For sure, it was the Grinch's own doing. And it was a tax collector's own doing. He was doing it. But when it comes to God, he has not left you out. You are not forgotten. You are not too bad for him. You are not too far gone for him. I cannot stand that comment. It's okay if you've ever said it to me. I don't think you have, but can't stand that comment. It makes me sad, I should say. When people in, especially the op shop walking past here, they look in and they go, oh, I'd love to check you out sometime, but the roof would cave in. Where did Christians stuff up so badly that people think the church is a place they can't come in because it'll cave in? Mate, it's the only thing that'll still stand. It's the only thing that is welcome. Jesus had no problem welcoming prostitutes. He wanted their life to change. Don't get me wrong, he wasn't saying, come, tax collectors, thieves. That's why they're always muttering, I can't believe the people he hangs out with. And so when it comes to your sin, when it comes to your mistakes, when it comes to your exclusion, even if it's your own doing, he sees you and you're welcome. At any age, any stage, don't let it fester. This message of being welcome comes through Cindy Who in the Grinch movie. I want to show you that scene and talk about that. We might play that too now, boys. Thank you. It'll make you feel better. Uh, thanks. Wow, I can't believe it's really you. Uh, yeah. I'm so sorry about the trap and everything, but I really need Hey! Why are you taking our Christmas tree? Well, one of the lights wasn't working, so I thought I'd take it back to the workshop and see if I could fix it. I didn't know you did that. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Now, why don't you go back upstairs to bed, and then when you wake up, the tree will be fixed and your presents will be waiting under it. Wait, you don't understand. I don't want presents. (laughs) Of course you do. Everyone wants presents. No, no, really, I don't. I want you to help my mom. Your mom? Yeah. She works so hard and is always doing stuff for other people. And I just want her to be happy. You want me to help your mom? You're Santa. You make people happy. And everyone should be happy, right? Yeah, I I guess they should. 
Santa, are, are you okay? What? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. Just one more shove. What's that? Do you hear it? I don't understand, Max. Don't they know what I've done? As he watched the small girl, he thought he might melt. If he did what she did, would he feel what she felt? And the luscious sound swelled, reaching up to the skies. And the Grinch heard with his heart and it tripled in size. Awesome. Two scenes there. The Grinch can't believe it. He's based his whole existence on it's not fair. He's let that fester, that he's been unwelcome and pushed out and he's let that grow and grow and grow and he's now defined by that. I'm not including Christmas, I hate Christmas. Or insert your thing, I'm not included, I'm not welcome so that he's become angry and bitter to the fact he wants to steal it for everyone else. And then he comes across Mindy who, and he can't believe it, he goes, oh, I suppose you want all the presents, you want all the stuff. She goes, no, 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 I just want to help my mum. Here's a young girl um, we get more of a picture in the movie. Single parent, doing it tough. Mum's struggling. It's not fair. Circumstances means that for Mindy, life is tough too. She's been excluded and pushed out for other reasons. Yet what does she do? She makes a wish for her mum. He can't understand that. Aren't you meant to be angry at the world, Mindy? Aren't you meant to be festering? Because you don't get the Christmas everyone else does. He doesn't understand it. And then his mind or heart is absolutely blown up when he steals Christmas from Whoville and what do they do? They sing. I don't understand. He's like, I thought once I take your stuff away, I thought you'd be angry now, like me. And it frustrates him because he realises, no, it's just stuff. It sucks. We've been excluded from opening presents this Christmas, but that doesn't change Christmas. Or as they want to hang on to, the magic of Christmas. It, it, and so it changes him. It doesn't have to be that way. He doesn't have to live a life based on that one experience, well, many experiences growing up in an orphanage, being excluded from Christmas. That doesn't have to be the person he is. Now, again, this movie blames Christmas magic. I guess that's not enough for me. <laughs> I don't know about you, Christmas magic's not enough for me to change completely. 
That is an arresting place for me. But I tell you what is, and I tell you what for Zacchaeus it was, it's Jesus. He sees you. He welcomes you in this Christmas and every other day. He gave his life for you. That you may rest on his. No matter what that person said, no matter what that person pushed you out of, no matter not feeling welcome, good enough, not perfect enough, not able to do everything you used to be able to do or not able to do that stuff ever, he sees you, he loves you, he has a purpose for you and he's so much so that he died for you. That's something we can rest on. That's something that we can build our life upon, not a negative comment and become a cranky Grinch. You can build your life on that. You can still sing in jail, as we see some of the disciples do, because God is still good and they know who they are in him. You can rest. Jesus sleeps in storms, not because he's lazy, not because he doesn't care, but he knows the one who cares has got this. He knows he's okay. If the ship sinks and they all die, he knows he's okay. But he also knows he is God, so he can also stop the storm. That helps sleep. But he can rest in this identity only found in Christ. That you can sing when it's tough. That you can still be a a child of a single parent who's quite poor in that community and is excluded from things and still want to be generous towards others. That's not the power of Christmas, that's the power of Christ. Brings me to the second half of this teaching today, the second point, which is up there too. This is, this is the bit that might take you by surprise. And sometimes we miss this when we talk about Zacchaeus or stories like this. See, yes, you are welcome included by Jesus, but here's the kicker. So is the person beside you. <laughs> Uh-oh. That changes everything. That even that person, that person on your street, yeah, even them. Even that person that couldn't drive while you're trying to get to church in front of you this morning. Even them. Even parking inspectors. Even those that you do it tough with. Everybody is included and welcome into that life-changing good news of Jesus. Even the noisy neighbours, even the people who don't agree with you. Yes, can you believe that? Even the people that don't agree with you. According to Jesus, especially tax collectors, especially prostitutes and thieves and those we call the sort of, yeah, we'd call all types of things. They are included and welcome too. The person beside you is welcome and included. Jesus died for them as well, seeks to see them restored, seeks to see their identity based on him. He wants them off. He says this. He wants them off the path of death and destruction, the festering that comes from holding on to these things and not having a new life, a rebirth in him. He doesn't want death and destruction and ugliness and the Grinch like behaviour from. He wants them to grow in generosity, love, joy, peace when they build their life on him. 
they too are seen, loved and welcome. Think of the person that you think, surely not them, and then tell yourself right now, that's right, they are seen, welcome, just like you are. And once they know that, once they know that void in their heart is not filled with stuff, success or even Christmas magic or another person's opinion, once they understand their validation is filled with the eternal God, everything changes. It says in Luke 19.1, the end of Zacchaeus' story, this is what happens with him. But Zacchaeus stood up. So after being invited, after having dinner with Jesus, after encountering the the living God, this is what happens. He stands and says, look, Lord, here, you, and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. This man too is part of the family. And he just starts flowing with generosity. He's a changed man. Like we saw the Grinch up the hill deciding to sing for the first time, maybe sing a different song. So I know what you're thinking though as you sit here as we sort of wrap this up this morning. That sounds great, Steve. But Jesus isn't here in a physical form amongst us. He isn't here to point out to all the people out there that they are seen, heard, invited and welcome. He's gone to prepare a place with the Father. What are we going to do? Is this message void today because we don't have Jesus here to go out there into the shops, into our neighbourhood, into our life and say, you know, God loves you, you are welcome. You don't have to live life like this. You can build life like this. How will they know their love and accepted and welcome? Who could be that person? (laughs) Well... Here's the good news and the good news. It's you. Spoiler alert, it's you. Here's the insanely good news of the gospel. When we allow ourselves to put aside our own wounds, our own voids of acceptance and unwelcoming, the whole thing, once God enters, he doesn't say, hey, wait there, keep going to church and just listen to your favourite songs doesn't say that at all. He says, do that, but then participate with me. Not only does God ask you to invite him in and change the whole thing, but then he wants you to participate. That's crazy. If you know me, that's crazy that God wants me to participate with him. He knows how many times I get it wrong. I've used this example a thousand times. I use it again. It's like building Lego with my son or my girls. They don't follow the instructions. We will lose pieces. It won't be perfect. But I love building Lego with them. God loves participating with you even though you don't follow instructions. You'll lose pieces. You'll get it wrong. He wants to participate with you. I might be getting a DeLorean Lego this Christmas. We may be. We're in negotiations. My kids won't be able to participate in that. But everything else, everything else, everything else, they can participate. And with God, he doesn't even have the DeLorean set aside. Everything, he wants to participate with you.
He says, welcome, go invite others, go tell others that they're okay, that life is hard, but God is good, that people are broken, but God restores, that we make mistakes, but God makes it right, that there is consequences for life, but he has taken them on himself. So go, take it in and then participate. I want to show you one last clip of the Grinch now allowed to participate. Let's have a look. Thanks so much, guys. I did it. Oh, Mr. Grinch. I'm so happy you decided to come. Welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, I I wore a tie. And it's a very nice tie. Cindy Lou, look who came. Mr. Grinch, you're here. Uh, Hello. Come on in. I'll show you around. Oh, okay. Hello, Mr. Grinch. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, too. Aunt Ida, I'd like you to meet my friend, the Grinch. Oh, it's nice to meet you, Mr. Grinch. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Oh, here, let me take that for you. Oh, thank you. Cindy Lou, could you make a little room for this? No, don't worry. I've got it. Huh. Isn't that thoughtful? <laughs> well, is that grouchy, grumpy, huh? Grinchy I see standing over there? <laughs> Ricklebaum, good to see you. Come on, Grinchy, give me a hug. Oh. <laughs> it don't count if you don't hug back, buddy. Okay, come take your seats, everyone. Dinner's ready. Come on, you're sitting next to me. Here you go. First Christmas dinner. What happens? You'll see. Would you do the honors, Mr. Grinch? Oh, uh, okay. Do you mind if I say something first? Not at all. Um, well, everybody, I, I just want to say I've spent my entire life hating Christmas and everything about it. But now I see that it wasn't Christmas I hated. It was being alone. But I'm not alone anymore. And I have all of you to thank for it. But especially this little girl right here. Ma'am, your daughter's kindness changed my life. That's my girl. Oh, that was beautiful. That's my best friend. Merry Christmas, Mr. Grinch. Merry Christmas, Cindy Lou. Awesome. Very cute. (laughs) Encourage you to um, go see one of the three Grinch films maybe this afternoon. yeah, it'll be on some sort of streaming, I suppose. So where do we go from this? How do we land this? How do we participate, not in the magic of Christmas, but in telling people they are welcome and included? Well, conveniently, and I love how God does this, our theme over the last few months and currently in a transformation trek is hospitality. Love you to have a look 
at this practice guide we've put together. It's not the answer. It just has some suggestions on how you can love people you know in this church, how you can love people that you kind of know in your street, and then how you can even be so crazy, radically filled with the Spirit and His generosity that you might love strangers or enemies. Love you to take one of those. They're just in the foyer if you haven't already. And with your small table, with your small group, with someone else, ask each other, how are we going to show hospitality this Christmas and holiday season? It can look like it does not mean you may not be able, it's tight this time of year, you may not be able to put on that, always those Christmas feasts are insane. Um, It doesn't have to be that. It might be just taking someone out for a coffee, blessing someone in a small way, encouraging someone. I don't know how it looks like for you, but I encourage you to have a look and explore that together. Is that all right? That's my number one thing. Participate with this church, with God, in letting people know they are welcome and included, that they are loved despite what they've done or people have said. And the second thing this morning, just as we play the last song, maybe for you you haven't moved past the first point and that is totally okay. Maybe the whole time I've been talking about the rest of the movie, you've been sitting on that one thing that happened to you. That one word that was said to you. That life stage you find yourself in. And you haven't, you're like, Steve, I'm not even going to participate right now. I just need to remind myself this morning, and this is okay, that I'm loved by God. He sees me up that tree or in the distance and says, what are you doing over there? I see you. Then we'd love to pray for you this morning. Love to pray for you this morning. Love to see you release this stuff and your heart get a little bit freer and bigger. Whether you're a new Christian and you want to meet Jesus for the first time or you've been doing this for 602 years. We love you to be able to come down for prayer. And so I'm going to be here down during the last song. I'm going to ask Mez to do the same. And we'd love to pray with you during this last song. For the rest of us, I'll get you to stand, the band to come up, and we're going to sing a song. Let me pray. Father God, you welcome and include us. You see us in the distance. You see the things that people have said. You see the the things that we've made it about. And you say, come here. (laughs) Dinner's at your place. I know your name. I love you. And I want to participate with you. Father, this morning, give us a fresh revelation that we are loved, we are welcome, that we are included and that you want to participate with us, Lord. If you're laying it on our heart, let us make a physical step of faith and get some prayer this morning from our brothers and sisters in Christ. Stir within us this Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen.